0: Hey Legend. Today we meet back with Helen and Seb and Monique and Gio celebrating three months Earthside. I've got Gio on my lap. Coming to the end of the fourth trimester and that newborn bubble. Yeah, It's pretty tricky isn't it mate? Bittersweet as we say goodbye to those long sleepy days and hello to the sweet smiles and laughter. Monique and Helen are two very brave mums sharing the hard stuff. We aren't just here to focus on the trickier aspects of parenting, but to share in those joys and celebrate the amazingness that comes with being a mum. A very realistic balance, hey Gio. This month we cover some of my favourite topics. Baby development, baby sleep, baby talk, and of course, baby play. So let's get right into it. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy. With over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras, webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips and my favourite, on hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect, and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajuk people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the Elders, both past, present and future. Hey Mum, it's time for Baby Banter. We are back in the studio with gorgeous Monique and Helen and their beautiful boys. Helen, how was the last month? What have you loved?
1: And what's been a little bit tricky? I feel like I'm finally here with like pretty much all positive. I'm allowed to drive. I'm allowed to push the pram. I'm allowed to use the carrier. I'm no longer aching every single day. And I had the most amazing trip just last week to Sydney and Canberra. All my extended family are in Sydney and my nan turned 99 in Canberra last Friday. So Seb met his great nan. We had a family event and it was just awesome. So I finally feel like things are good.
0: They say like sometimes getting through that first three months is like a milestone and like it feels really tough at the time and
2: get out the other
1: side. Well, I think I'm also in a really good mood because Seb had his longest sleep ever oh. last night, like literally <laughs> oh ever. Oh my
2: God. Contrast. gear <laughs> was up every one to two hours last <laughs> night. <laughs> what are you doing, buddy?
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh. So has it been a bit trickier for you, Mon, this last month?
2: Literally last night probably wasn't a good reflection of the last month, but yeah, we've Hit three months, which is super sentimental, looking back at how small he was and how big he is now. Oh, and he well, is such a big unit. You are a little bit of a big unit. G unit. G unit. Well, yeah, he's a,
0: he's a healthy, happy baby, which is all that
2: matters. Yeah, so good. But yeah, definitely getting back into a bit of a groove um, as much as last night was throwing us all over the place. A bit of a baby bender. A bit of a baby bender. Dude, you had a night party. <laughs> and yeah, he loved it. Yeah, but the last month, got back into Pilates quite routinely. We've been doing swimming, oh. all the activities. And you really went good. on a little trip. We also <laughs> a did. Trip. a Yeah, our first overseas holiday with Gio. We went off to Bali and, yeah, it's been so fun, all the activities we've been doing. He was an absolute champion on the trip and, yeah, it was so good to travel with family especially
0: yeah, did you go with lots of your extended family?
2: A more immediate family, my sister and her family came along. She's got a seven year old and a ten-year-old, oh, so yeah. You're like ten year old. So were babysitters. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And so we're going to talk a little bit about baby travel tips, But
0: if you guys don't know how Mon and Helen and I do this is they're very brave in sharing their stories, but they kind of text me on WhatsApp. We have a little WhatsApp group. And they text me questions throughout the month, just like throw them all into the chat. And then when we get here, they're like, oh, but I've got these ones too. So we throw some on the spot. But this month past has, there's been a lot of questions around sleep. Yes. Is that right, guys? Mm, Yes. And I am a baby physio, so I am not an expert on sleep. And if you've followed me on Instagram, you will know that I am definitely not an expert. And my kids, well, they don't particularly think sleep is worth their time. (laughs) So what I've done today is I've teed up an expert in sleep, Claire um, Fair, Claire Fair, the gentle sleep coach on Instagram. I'll tag her details down the bottom. But what we're going to do is we're going to give her a call now and then open the questions up to her because I don't think you want my answers. It's just (laughs) coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give her a call now. Hi Claire. How are you? It's Nicole. I'm mode. Hello. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time generously yeah. today. I've got um, Monique and I've got Helen here in the studio with me and they've got their little Hi, boys. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. And, and you have got Geo. Geo's on my lap at the moment and Seb is fast asleep in the carrier on Helen wow. and they have had so many sleep questions. And Claire, <laughs> if, if I you guys it. don't know Claire Fair from The Gentle Sleep Coach, she's an OCN Level 1 Certified Holistic Sleep Coach and a Circle of Security Facilitator. We talked about the Circle of Security last time and how the 30% and yeah, one yeah, of my favourite so things yeah. to remind myself of. So she's really, like we really align our values in how we work with families. So I really trust Claire's judgment and she's been my volunteer as a phone of friend. So Claire, I'm going to open the questions <laughs> up to
2: Monique and Helen. And, yeah, guys, over to you. I might start because I had quite a fun night last night. Um, i glad. <laughs> young, young Gia decided it was a good idea to be up every two hours and he oh, had nice. got himself into a bit of a routine where he was sleeping six hours, then um, an additional four or three and then an additional two after that, which was yep. quite good. But, yeah, every now and then he throws us a curveball. And there didn't seem to be anything really um, that was triggering the wake, wake time. Um, but just going back to his general sleep, um, do the sleeps generally get longer as babies like link their sleep cycles? Because um, mm-hmm. I notice his sleep cycles are about three hours. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that is a sleep cycle <laughs> even. I'm no expert. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to answer that one for me. Yeah, definitely. So what is
3: really interesting is infant sleep cycles are only 45 to 60 minutes ah, There you go. So he's actually linking like three together if he's doing three-hour stretches. Okay, sorry. It's wait. really normal for them to clump them together in these things called sleep periods. So when sleep pressure is really optimal through the day, Conditions are perfect, we may see three to four, well, two to four really, our stretches in that age bracket quite commonly. Yes. Um, does that get better with age? Yes. So, like, as he gets older, like, a lot of the time, what will happen is his needs will kind of shift and change. He might not need as much contact and proximity. He might not have as intense sensitivity to things like wet nappies or discomfort. We might yeah. find he can go longer between speeds. And certainly, like with age, it generally will be the case that if we are seeing what sounds like actually really good stretches, that's that progressively gets better, especially towards like that nine to 10 month mark, which is usually like quite a sweet spot in terms of starting to see some longer stretches. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Claire,
0: can you tell my children that? Because they, they didn't follow that routine. Uh, <laughs> they barely got through one 45-minute no so. <laughs> They're like 25 minutes. That's me, Mum. I'm ready for the rest oh, of the day. No. Oh, well gosh. It's always tricky
3: when you do have a little one that might be a bit more wakeful, but the interesting with children is because there's just so much that can impact what it looks like for them to sleep and those variations can be so broad. Um, It really can look like a whole spectrum um, when it comes to what is normal, I guess. But yeah, those two hourly weights that you saw last night and generally speaking, that sounds pretty, pretty standard. It doesn't mean that you have to battle through. Definitely not. There's always some things that we can tweak and change if those weights are feeling unsustainable, but they don't necessarily indicate that anything's wrong or off or anything like that when we're thinking about sleep. And actually really cool that you can see that actually Geo can geocannies start to link those multiple feet cycles together even.
2: Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, because <laughs> my husband's like, what's wrong with him? Because we've been so used to those longer stretches. Yeah. Um, Everything else. He's just turned to three months, which I was wondering because I hear that at four yeah. months there is a regression or progression in their brain. It
3: can be. Yeah, so it's... When we look at the research, the longest, most consolidated stretches that we generally see in the first year are actually within the first three months of life, which is really shocking. reason why the sleep cycles are a little different is they have two stages of sleep and they have been about 50% of the time in deep sleep and light sleep is probably the easiest way to refer to it. What happens at around the four-month mark, people take like a month either side, is those sleep cycle, the structure of their sleep architecture, their sleep cycle begins to change. And rather than having two stages when they're newborn, they will have four stages of sleep, which is more wow. reflective of like an adult sleep cycle. Yeah, okay. which just means they're transitioning between sleep cycles more frequently and they're spending less time in deep sleep, which is why we might start to see that they wake more than they were previously and why they might, signal a little bit more so yes i dare say if you start to notice that reduced pattern this is probably what's going on all right so most babies like that sleep regression at that four month mark will just pass on its own within maybe like four to six weeks okay um so take heart.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I do remember talking to a friend that was like, my baby slept amazing for the first four months and then it just oh, all yeah. turned to, Oh, it's God. really common. It's yeah. really common. But honestly, a lot of babies won't get stuck
3: there. A lot of them will kind of progress through and move through on their own and maybe yeah. those weight patterns look different than what it did previously. Yes. But it shouldn't feel like the hellfire <laughs> that you kind of get when you're in the midst of that sleep regression or progression. Of course, if you do feel stuck, again, lots that you can look at. But yes, I would imagine if you started to see that at around the three, four, five months not really anywhere
0: in that window, that is probably the cause.
2: Okay. Well, I'll keep you updated. Sometimes we like <laughs> yeah. to call it,
0: we like to refer to it as a sleep progression because there's so yes, much changing in their brain and with their development. Exactly. Like, you know, their brain is like it's getting what we call myelinated. So all of this beautiful white matter is like, you know, faster and more yeah. efficient, and you see your little baby's movements go from like jerky and yeah. or like all almost involuntary, like jerkiness, to these purposeful, smooth, voluntary movements. Yeah. And they're learning yeah. about the world. Yeah. Their vision changes; color is opening up. It's really exciting, and mm-hmm. the personality impacts on that as well. And so, yeah, yeah. it's all we like to call it a bit of a progression because there's all this cognitive development going on. Exactly. And you know, it's sometimes the, the hardest thing about babies is they keep changing, and what we but we, we, we have to keep adapting to their to their new yeah, exactly. their new needs and their new wants and their new desires. So this is about the time we talked about last time around three to four months where I they'll be like, I'm sick of playing in this room. Mm. I want a different yeah. room. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
2: And after our trip to Bali exactly. actually, I noticed that his sleep was kind of thrown out a bit, but I'm assuming it's just because mm. he like was exposed to so many new experiences over that period. Who knows? Yeah. His brain developed it and definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the
3: world is, like, so overwhelming. Well, not overwhelming, but there's some, like, stimulation when they're so little. Like, definitely things like travel and new places and experiences and being out on the go and everything like that versus coming back home. Like, sometimes it can just take a little while to get back to baseline, for sure.
0: And, Claire, sometimes, like, there is a few nights, like, a couple of nights in a row that are tricky, and sometimes it's more of an Mm. ongoing thing. And, mm-hmm. like, you feel really alone in those nights when you are up yeah. every two hours and things aren't working. And do you have we any don't. tips for Helen and Monique and all the parents listening? They're just all, they're in there, yeah. like, feeding at the moment. The babies are like, no, we don't want to do podcasting today. We want to, <laughs> we want to be on the podcast now. Um, do you have any tips for moms who, like, I know that I would feel really alone being up and not being able to, yeah. like, get the, my little ones back to sleep and just sitting there and like I think I was saying to someone the other day in that four-month sleep progression or progression oh, yeah. with my son Will, like I think I'd, it was like 3am and I don't think I'd slept and I'd fallen asleep feeding him and I had, had a dream mm. that something was biting me and so I'm like trying to hit hit it off <laughs> my breast and I woke up and I was like, oh my God, Will, I'm so
2: sorry. <laughs> my daughter, I'm
0: so sorry, darling. I'm so sorry. But I was oh, so sleep deprived and... That was the start yeah. of a very bad downward spiral for myself. But do you have any yeah. other any tips to sort of help mums and dads if they're in that situation? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Definitely. general tips and then how to reach out for support?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a really tricky thing because – Sometimes we do just get random bad nights like thought you were talking about before. Like, there's so much development going on for babies, like especially in the first year of life, that sometimes they just have like these moments where it just seems like out of nowhere for legitimately no reason at all. They just take a hit and they start to wait more frequently. Sometimes they get panic DMs from people being like, oh my goodness, my baby's been sleeping so well, but last night they woke every two hours or every hour. Like why did they do that? And the first thing that I say to them is always just like one bad night does not mean that everything is bad. It's definitely worth like just actually giving it some time to see if it levels out on its own. A lot of the time, if it is just that developmental, I guess, regressions that can come with the developmental progressions or the sleep regressions that we can see <laughs> interlinked with development progressions mm-hmm. is probably an accurate way to put it. Yep. Sometimes sleep might just take a hit. So like, a couple of days mm. and will level out on its own within a week. Mm. So that's the first thing is perspective and going, okay, like is there anything new and exciting going on for my baby right now? Have I noticed that they've started to do some fun new things? Like, are they reaching for things? Are they rolling? Have they just started crawling? Are they babbling more? Have they started to say some words? Mm. And if it aligns, just take the pressure off, remind yourself, hey, this is probably really normal and just see what happens within a week. If it's ongoing, of course, a lot that we can do and something that I talk to my clients a lot about before we even start to focus on how do we actually change those patterns of the night is how do we help ourselves best and mm. get ourselves to a baseline mm. because when you are tired and sleep deprived, even if you really want to see things change, like it's hard, it's yeah. hard to just exist it's hard to make changes and it's hard to face the next coming night Mm. and that can take a big toll on your mental health. There's a bit, there's a really cool visual that I saw once and it was like this mum standing in a window saying she feels all alone and then it zoomed out to like a picture of like the world and these little lights on everywhere with all the other mums doing Mm. the same thing at the exact same time, probably all feeling the same way but remembering that actually there's a big community of of mums and dads out there who are in the same spot. And I think sometimes we can feel like it's just us and we're the only ones that are in that. But realistically, almost everybody who has a child will experience that feeling and go through those pits at one time or another. So some things that I talk to clients about, like how do we get ourselves, how do we face the day, even after a hard night, how do we fill our own cups? How do we get... Back to baseline when we are struggling through firstly, the village mm. which is hard in 2023 yes i nearly said 2022 how embarrassing <laughs> which is hard in <starting laughs> 2023 because we're so spread apart from our families yeah. and friends and community it can be tough but the village can be a virtual village you can join facebook groups tread carefully but there are some great ones out there that offer some encouragement and support around mm. the things that you're going through there are lots and lots of great Instagram pages that are going to talk to biological norms with infants yeah. and their sleep and really encourage you so that you don't feel alone and don't fill you with unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. So starting to kind of look into filtering what you consume, does it actually support and encourage or does it yeah. make things feel worse and unachievable? And then practical things like thinking about getting out in the sunshine and going for a walk first thing in the morning yeah. so that we're getting exposure to fresh air and some sunlight. Cold showers, shocking, but the research shows that I think it's a cold blast at the end of the shower, increases dopamine so that feel-good hormone, So I think it's 250%. And oh. it's literally proven to reduce stress and fatigue. So no it way. will physically make you feel better. I know, shocking, right? So just a cold blast at the end of the shower actually getting ready for the day I know PJ's feel appealing but nothing makes me feel like a potato more (laughs) I think that's one thing that
1: my husband always thinks like oh if you didn't have a great night like do you want to take it easy today do you want to just you know cancel I'm like actually no I actually need to get out the door and go to the thing I meant to be going to because then I feel like I've succeeded in what I was meant to be doing not just like not just oh I didn't do it because it was a bad night and now I'm not going to do anything and Literally. It's a hard balance between exactly. rest and doing it, things.
3: It is. I wash my hair. it is, and I think thinking about like what fills your cup, and yes. of course, if filling your cup looks like lying on a lounge and watching Got to Feel for an hour and a half, like great, <laughs> but if not, like, you know,
2: I sandwiched <laughs> me for a good yeah. season there. <laughs> I sandwiched my bad night last night with a bath last night before I went to bed, and then I washed my hair this oh, morning. Winner! So I actually feel okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Exactly, or things like you were just listening to like a podcast or like doing mm. a dance party with baby like first thing in the morning or, you know, meeting a friend for a coffee rather than focus like worrying about, you know, being home for a nap or YouTubing for yoga and using mm. baby as a weight,
0: something like that. that too, yeah, it's one of our strategies The Sykes recommend is like opposite emotion. So like you find yeah. something that evokes that opposite emotion and you know that, you know, whether it's... So clever. Yeah. Yeah, And washing but. your
2: hair as a new mum is yes. so good.
0: <laughs> so Claire, let <laughs> me summarize as if you can put a face mask on after <laughs> like a blow drying it
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> Claire, let me summarize. So if you have a not great night and it's or a couple of not great nights in a row you need to get out in the sun, then blast yourself with cold water and do some fun things <laughs> You know,
1: <laughs> In that order. <laughs> in that order. In that order. And um,
3: be your own sleep. Like, could yeah. you give yourself an early bedtime Oh, I, so We all say that.
0: Nobody does. I know. <laughs> if we've all got, what do they call it? Procrastination <laughs> revenge. What <laughs> <laughs> to oh, could you go to bed on a normal
3: bed tonight and if you have a partner, could they just take the first chunk of waste for the night or the second? And could they take baths from 5 a.m.? And could you give yourself even a three or four-hour block of uninterrupted sleep if they're going to work? That should give you until about 8 a.m., which might be a big little catch-up at the end of a hard night. Things like that can sometimes make a really big difference as well.
0: Yeah. And, oh, hang on, Helen wants to jump in. We're just going on and off to try and... Poor little Gio's oh, not no, having no. a happy time. He's, he oh, needs his sleep. He's yes. had a big night and he's, he's oh, saying, right Mum, I need you. So we're trying, we're just trying to keep a nice, calm environment here in the podcasting studio. Helen, I'll we'll sub you <laughs> in now. Here you go.
1: Yeah. Before we go too much further, I wanted to ask if you could give us a few definitions. I've seen mm. like Instagram posts about, I think it's called sleeping pressure. And oh, what exactly is yeah. that and how do we do it? And also when oh, does it change from like baby is asleep, baby is awake versus having a nap cycle? Because a lot of the stuff is like at, you know, eight months your baby might need three naps and then they might change to two and da-da. But at the moment, so my bub Seb is two weeks younger than Geo, so he's not quite made it to three yeah. months yet. And I kind of just still do the on-demand and play it by ear. But, yeah, you know, I just don't really know when messy. I'm expecting to see official awake time and nap time versus, like, what's happening right now.
3: Right. Yes, definitely, and it really can feel messy. I honestly feel like sleep can feel messy in terms of naps and how many naps they're having and whatnot. Probably until we're around the four-ish month mark and babies perhaps handling around about two hours-ish of awake time. And once we kind of got about that, it should flow that regardless of how much they sleep, we can confidently assume that we'll only fit about four naps in the day, even if they're only half an hour. But that will really happen like anywhere, I would imagine, from four to five months for most. And until then, it really can just feel all very messy and like we don't know which way up. Mm. The good news is from there, what essentially happens is their tolerance to sleep pressure, which I'll explain to you in a little minute, will increase and they'll be able to stay awake for longer. Mm. And that's where we start to see naps kind of dropping off in response to that. So once baby starts to move towards being able to handle, say, two and a half hours of awake time, you might find that quite naturally that naps that fourth nap that you had at around that four to five month mark perhaps just drops off all on mm. its own and once it's down to three you might feel like you've got a fairly good rhythm of course there is variation around when about you feel like they typically fall if you're waking your baby at a consistent time in the morning mm. so that can then be really helpful and then from there Again, their tolerance for how much time they can spend awake will continue to increase. So that same process will happen again and then all of a sudden that third nap just won't fit in or if it does, it'll feel like you have to have like a really late bedtime to get it there because now baby doesn't seem tired until they've been awake for like three plus hours. But so yeah. quite naturally that last one just drops off yeah. and that's when we kind of end up on two, which will be typical. Anywhere from six but all the way up to like eight to nine months of age, I would say is a really average window for that to happen, depending on what a weight time a baby's kind of tolerating. And then from there, once you down to two, I would think that's the most common time that people feel like they've fallen into like a schedule, if you think about it that way. Because once it's down to two, it's pretty predictable like what's going to happen. And it's fairly standard, like, when you expect your baby to be able to sleep. And it's, it's just smooth sailing on, on from there. But realistically, like, this all comes back to sleep pressure, which was your mm-hmm. first question. And, like, what is sleep pressure? So if we're going to get very technical, sleep pressure is one of the two mechanisms that's driving sleep. So there's the circadian rhythm that we've all probably heard about.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's
3: this other thing called the homeostatic sleep drive or homeostatic sleep pressure. The simplest way to explain sleep pressure is the feelings of tiredness that we all have after being awake. So essentially sleep pressure is built through babies spending time awake. It'll be lowest in the morning and highest at night. And legitimately all that naps are doing is relieving a bit of that sleep pressure so they can make it through to bedtime because they can't handle the same amount that we can as Mm. adults. Mm. So essentially sleep pressure is the feeling of tiredness and I guess we want to make sure that we have enough so that there's actually a drive there for them to need to sleep and to nap, but not so much that they tip over and they become really dysregulated and uh, hard to manage. And, when, you know, when you can kind of see that they cross over and they're just not vibing life anymore and they're really upset and super fucking yeah. you feel like you can't do anything to calm them down. And Claire, I guess that's probably,
0: yes. So I, I obviously have two older children now three and seven yep. and we with, yes, yes, yep. with Will he he would wake like this is seven years ago so a long time ago not as much accessible information yes. different things but you know we had the follow the the nap guide of the your baby would get mm-hmm. up at this time and you'd schedule sleeping in this time and he would not follow any of those predictable no. patterns and that kind of got me into a hole that I was thought I was something doing something wrong Not at and all. like that spiraled from there and then I had Claire who's now 3 and she was a much yeah. more typical like you know I would nap yeah, and I, I had- would do this and I would go to sleep like she'd have her night parties which we'll talk about more later on a different podcast <laughs> but you know she had her own sleep struggles and would be awake for a long time but I think that because Will didn't follow that schedule and his sleep needs were so low and like they still laughed at this day, mm-hmm. like that's just him as yeah. an individual. But I felt like I was failing and it was yeah. really hard and horrible. Yeah. And then like would go on the I internet and you'd be like, oh my God, like everyone else's kids nap and they sleep play and feed and go, you know, and they, yeah. they're fine. Like what am I doing? Why can't I why can't I get this 100%. right? And like yep. I just want to emphasize for our listeners out there that like there is a spectrum and Oh, there's huge. only so much yeah. that you can control with your baby. And I think actually, probably what I would like you to chat about for Monique and Helen and the listeners, please, Claire, is like the difference mm. between because like it's around this time that you start seeking support, you start going, mm-hmm. okay, well, i might I might need some help with sleep because I don't really know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and you hear different methods like cry it out and sleep training and holistic sleep and like it's just so overwhelming and like what do you how do you know like what 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 are the definitions and like everyone has different different values so some some types of programs suit some people's home like their base values but can you help us with those definitions and just what to look for I guess
3: absolutely and what you're talking about right now is perfect example of this because the variations of like what we're talking about with sleep pressure is so fast and broad and this Mm. is why there's like no one specific awake time or number of naps or anything like that that's going to suit each child because the range of Mm. what they might need is actually up to seven hours to be considered normal there's the range of sleep. So you can imagine you have somebody like yourself who has a low-sleeping child and I've had one myself Mm. too Mm. that's sitting at the bottom end of the scale. Mm. If you compare them to all of your friend's children who are maybe at the top end of the scale, of course you feel like you're doing something wrong because you have a baby that's legitimately sleepy seven hours less overall
0: and I say this to parents all the time like it's okay for a baby to be crawling at six months and another one to be crawling at 12 months like that's normal normal. and then like I'm sitting here in the sleep version of that going oh my god what am I doing (laughs) and I think this is when it comes unstuck is I think what
3: in if we're thinking about definitions and differences Mm. the main difference between like a holistic sleep consultant such as myself or a traditional sleep trainer is there probably isn't an acknowledgement of what we know to be very normal ranges okay. and variations. Yep. So this is when the internet and schedules can be really overwhelming because they will be written to suit the absolute top end of sleep needs. So these mm. are the schedulers that are going to suggest 12 hour night mm. and three to four hours a day sleep mm. which is probably over the recommended average but at at minimum the very top end yeah and if that acknowledgement isn't there then you are left in a really tricky spot so i think the main difference between like holistic sleep consultants such as myself is firstly we won't be using any sleep training methods at all so we don't use any control crying cry it out time intervals decoration we focus on the biological norms and that yep. does not mean that you have to be stuck in a sleep crisis. And yep. I think that's a really big misconception. It doesn't mean you have to bed share and feed them back to sleep, but it does mean that we stand the attachment needs of a child yeah. and that they can't self-soothe and that yeah. they can't self-regulate. So yeah. whilst we're making changes, we'll focus on how we can shift that whilst being really sensitive to those things. Yeah, And it won't be unrealistic. So we wouldn't imagine that a low sleeping child, such as Nicole, would need 12 hours of sleep overnight and four hours of day <laughs> sleep, and we wouldn't structure it to look like that. Oh, and um, where were and you we seven years ago? I know. <laughs> Whereas I think if we're looking at traditional sleep training, yeah. what we'll probably see is quite rigid schedules most of the time, and I say yeah. that most of the time because I actually have a few, a very mm. few friends who mm. are actually traditional sleep trainers, yeah. Yep. from way back when, and I know that they wouldn't suggest one size fits for no. all in terms of timing because that's a really broad generalization. But also, if you, a, summer, if you have a if you have a baby
0: that's falling without, within within an average, then like yeah. those programs are probably going to work as well. And you yeah, know, exactly and if and like, you have an easygoing, yeah, it's child. all it's all about personality yeah. and those genetic and the sleep pressure exactly. and the genetics temperament. and temperament, all of those different things. Yeah. And so, I think it just. And I think you hit a point before. You just talked about self-soothing and settling. And I think yeah. that the terms are really confusing. Like, do you mm-hmm. expect your four months to self-soothe? Like, yes. I don't even expect my yes. three-year-old to self-soothe. Like, I she can't I seven I think away I seven-year-old. me self-soothing, like, five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I had a nightmare last night and I had to cuddle my husband to get back to sleep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I was so anxious. Yeah, <laughs> mm. 100%. And I think that's
3: a really good point. And self Settling, again, like from a holistic sleep coach perspective, is highly temperament-based and not at all necessary for a Mm. child to sleep well. But Mm. I think if you were to cross over into the traditional sleep world would probably be one of the main focus points.
0: Hang on, I'm just going to highlight that point that you just said. So self-settling… Isn't necessary yeah. to sleep well. No. I'm just going to, can no, we just repeat not. that for everyone in the back?
3: Okay, it's not Drop necessary the mic there. to sleep well. Drop it. I'm honestly, hand on heart, will say almost zero of our clients that we work with mm. have a goal of self settling or maybe mm. that's self settle. They okay. will always have some form of support to fall asleep. This is where you can find. Oh, I could talk about that for ages, but I think where the whole premise of this comes out of mm. is that babies need to learn to sleep, right? Yes. Well, they That's need what to we get learn told. To sleep cycles. And then Because the biological function like, they can't be taught just like eating or breathing. Can't teach your baby to crawl. The <laughs> you can't. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and if you break it apart, if we know that a sleep cycle mm. is an hour in length, if mm. your child has ever slept longer than an hour, That's they know how to link them. So you mm. don't need to, them to do that. <laughs> yeah, you don't and, need to teach them to yes. yeah, I know. I know. So, no, you don't. We can change things that aren't working, of course. Like if you've been bouncing your baby to sleep and they're now 15 kilos and your back <laughs> is breaking, of course, you don't need to keep bouncing them. But it doesn't mean that you need to have them fully self settle yeah. to be sleeping well. And there's so many babies that do self settle and wake frequently all night long.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's a big miss myth. Oh, I like that busting of myths, and I wish my you oh, were there for I my Achilles tendonopathy seven years ago as well. Uh, oh, it, it gets strenuous. <laughs> yeah, <all> that bouncing <laughs> the of the baby. Oh my god! Oh, yes. We've um, uh, been there, Helen. Did you have any? The girls have just been like literally like, busy bees in the background, feeding, changing, <laughs> like whoosh, whoosh, doing all the things. So <laughs> I think they're like yeah, really excited to party. listen back to the podcast, Absolutely. and they're hearing me speak, and, I, and
2: they're like, "What is she saying?" <laughs> I know. I was like trying to get the headphones back <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. You're so mad. I'm mm. impressed that you managed Oh, my to God. It. They're so amazing. <laughs> they, um, like, you know, Tracking they've got it. three months old. They're here. They look gorgeous. I was like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, last month it was a little bit <laughs> know, more disheveled know, at the two-month point, but they've obviously both, like, we've had a shower today.
2: No, I have Even too. driving here today, I was like, oh, that's right. That's where the studio is. Yeah, I know. Like,
0: it's all right. I, had to send, I just keep sending links, but, um, <laughs> Sorry, but good. no, but do you have any, I guess, like, for, for for mums or dads that are really finding things tricky, what, like do you, is there any like suggested supports that you would like or if you're not, if you like me yeah. and you're feeling really down, where should you go yeah. and how should you seek help?
3: Great question. And I think it's always worth seeking help when we're feeling like we're in what I would describe as like a free crisis.
0: Mm. It's
3: something I talk to people about. It's like where are we? Like do we feel like our child's sleep is normal but we just want some strategies to help us mm. with tricky points? Are we mm. starting to struggle and are we just knowing that long term we want to make some changes or are we at the crisis point where we're like very down, very low, where we're not coping? And I would definitely say that somewhere between like we know things are starting to derail and we know that we can't keep going and the crisis point is probably where we might start to think about seeking some support mm. if mm. you feel like it's something that would be beneficial for you. Mm. It's important to say, to note that even if we do nothing, your child will eventually sleep, right? And you will get to the other side. So you can absolutely wait it out and work on how you could set up your sleep so that you can get better sleep while you kind of move through it. But of course, it doesn't mean that that has to be the option. And I think that's probably where we sit in the holistic sleep coaching world is a space between like waiting it out and the traditional approach, which would be crying it out, I suppose. Um, So there's a lot of gray and a lot of nuance. So I think when we're feeling like that, Think about your values and what it is that you yeah. want, and how you like to approach that change. And I think and you know you research. know if it's not gelling yeah. with
0: your values. If you start mm. something and you're oh, like, "Oh, 100%. this doesn't feel right," like trust that that yeah. mother instinct.
3: Absolutely, and just ask questions because mm. the marketing is crazy out there. <laughs> it um, is so. It really is. And the word gentle, and gosh, I wish I hadn't known this like three years ago <laughs> when I named myself this. Time for a it's rebrand. Entirely- <laughs> yes, I think that's all the time, honestly, because like when I was choosing that name, to me it was so straightforward. It's like if you're gentle, you're not doing any of these things. But then when we actually get into the sleep world mm-hmm. and you start to look at this, a lot mm-hmm. of people will say, well, gentle just means that you can go in and shush your baby. Yeah. And you can go in and tap them for like two minutes before you leave again. Oh. So
0: actually
3: dig into what they do and what the methods look like. Ask where people have studied. Mm. So there's probably only three places where you'll find truly gentle, holistic support. Yeah. And everything outside, you might just want to do some digging into.
0: Mm.
3: Ask questions like, do you expect my baby to self soothe? Do you focus on self settling? Do you feel like that? something that I absolutely mm. need to do. Mm. do. What do you feel like would be normal for mm. my ex ex month old to be doing, you know, mm. eight months old? Mm. Do you expect them to need to sleep 12 hours and I, all these different kinds of questions are definitely okay to ask. And what I wish I had of done with my own children was mm. just dig a little deeper. Yeah. Or you got in think and go with people who you align with and that you feel like have your they have to hard heart and align with your values. The good thing about the internet is you can do some great stalking these days. Yes, you can. So <laughs> work on the pages with people. Yeah. See the kinds of ways that they answer that questions is, when they yeah. get questions and answers and what kind of information that they give. Yeah, you can see that. You, you can, you can like.
0: get a feel for people on Instagram. And you uh, there's You know There's lots of sleep people in the world. There's lots of baby physios in the world. Yep. And I feel like yeah. there are more than enough babies and people out there with different values that so there's like we can all help exactly. as um, many people as we can.
3: And that's the thing. And I won't be the best fit for everybody. Nobody mm. is. So mm. it's important um, mm. to think about what your best fit looks like. Yeah, And there will be somebody there who aligns with it for sure.
0: And I will give everyone hope. Will does sleep through the night yeah. now, really well. Goes amazing. to bed yeah. <laughs> exactly. and wakes. He still yeah. wakes up early, like five five thirty, but he sleeps very well. Goes down really well. Goes down exactly. by himself. Doesn't need me to lay with yeah. him. He's seven, yeah. and yep. Claire's pretty good too. Just every, you know, and every now and then, of
2: she'll hope come Are those out. nights where you have like six or seven hours sleep oh. straight, and you're just like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> I you. it comes.
1: It does come.
3: Like mm. I have what a three and a four-year-old now as well and I'm like mm. oh my goodness I'm pregnant again and I'm just like laughing because I'm like I'm going right back to the start but oh, it's gotten so good recently like <laughs> they really and and then like also take himself to the bathroom I know right back to square <laughs> one but it does like every child Will sleep eventually, yeah, and they won't need to be rocked and held and fed. Like you're not going to have a ten year old that still wants can to. Can you tell my husband that? Because he
0: really still likes me being the big spoon <laughs> at night to go to sleep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> it. i um, tell my husband to go to sleep while he can. Yeah, <laughs> come on, you yeah. don't need to be awake as well. <laughs> We're both scrolling
0: memes on the couch. What are we doing to ourselves? Thank (laughs) you so much for coming on, Claire. I'm really conscious that you have something to get to. And I really appreciate you squeezing us in and helping. You are so welcome. Helping everyone understand biological norms and busting a few myths. It's been really helpful.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so glad. Not a
0: problem at all. Enjoy the rest
3: of your day, guys.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Claire. See you later. Bye. I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy, with over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras, webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips, and my favourite, on-hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech, as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the Elders, both past, present and future. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Baby Banter. If you've enjoyed it, or if you have more questions, let's continue the conversation over on my Instagram, Nicole underscore Kids You can also check out NicoleKidsPhysio.com for lots of goodness, as well as the freebies mentioned today. Do you know a new parent or have a family member with questions? I would love it if you could share this podcast with them. Don't forget to leave a rating and review, and I'll see you next time on Baby Banter.
2: Hey, Mum, it's time for Baby Banter.